Blog Talk Radio. Radio. The Rifleman Radio Show is brought to you by the Appleseed Project. And the Appleseed Project is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. The absolute best. We uh, We have worked and worked at developing uh, the absolute best two-day rifle marksmanship clinic that that you can find anywhere. I mean, we we tweaked it and and pulled on it and and squeezed it and hammered it and and sawed it and you name it until we've we've been able now to bring you uh, for the last few years. An absolutely fantastic, absolute uh, rock-bottom prices, too, and I'll get to that in a moment. So the Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicating itself to uh, to teaching Americans to shoot. But that's not all we did. While we're teaching you to shoot, we also talk to you about what it means to be an American, what it what it means to carry on the heritage, the culture that our founding fathers, our forefathers brought us that uh, that developed this nation. And we do that by telling you the story of how this nation began on April 19, 1775, about the men and women who stood together in ranks at Lexington 
at the North Bridge in Concord and along Battle Road back to Boston. The day that our nation truly began, the day we actually began. Not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of countries can trace their origin back to the exact uh, time and date, but we can. So we're going to talk to you about that day when you come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. We're going to talk to you about what it means to be an American, about about how being an American is not granted to you by a piece of paper. I mean, that may well make you a legal citizen, and that's that's fine and good. But that doesn't make you an American. In order for you to become an American, you have to understand that you have a sacred obligation to ensuring that the freedoms and liberties that living in, in this nation affords you are safeguarded, that they don't disappear. And then when you accept that obligation, that will make you an American. And then once we've talked to you about that, then we're going to talk to you about becoming a rifleman. Because becoming a rifleman is an important thing to the folks in the Apple Seed Rifle Marketship Program. Now, we award a patch for rifle marksmanship, and it's called the Rifleman's Patch. And that's when you can shoot to 210 or above on the Army Qualification Test, the old AQT. If you shoot to 210 or above on that test, then you get the Rifleman's Patch. But that doesn't make you a rifleman. It's more just like a key that opens the door that leads down the rifleman's path. In order for you to become a rifleman, you have to uh, you have to understand several things. You have to understand that that a rifleman never stops learning. A, ref, a rifleman never stops teaching. A rifleman continues to seek ways to protect the freedom the Founding Fathers left us to improve himself, his home and family, his community, his state, and his nation. Every day of his life, a rifleman adapts, a rifleman overcomes, and a rifleman persists. And this is, this is not just a, a bunch of hooey that we're going to tell you. This isn't a bunch of, a bunch of uh, confetti that we're throwing around. We believe this. This is a, a code that we live by here. And I'll tell you another thing. There's nothing wrong, no matter how many times you hear it from uh, from other folks, like the talking heads in the media, uh, from folks who don't have a code. There's nothing wrong with having a code to live by. Most Americans have forgotten their code. They've forgotten uh, that they have any obligation, any debts. They've forgotten that there's anybody else in the whole universe other than themselves. At Appleseed, we try and remind folks of that. And listen, <clears throat> just in case you were wondering, we're not a perfect organization, all right? We've got all of the flaws, all of the blemishes that uh, any other 
uh, fledgling uh, nonprofit, all volunteer organization can have. And the more folks that we have, the more <laughs> imperfect we become, uh, because we're humans, and and we can strive for perfection. We can strive to have the best standards. We can strive to have the best folks, and we do. We do have the absolute best folks in the nation in the program. But we're still going to have uh, glitches, flaws, blemishes, and, uh, and and thank the Lord for that. Uh, and we're also going to continue in the true rifleman's tradition to try and make sure that we're improving ourselves in every way that we can. You know, when uh, JB was on the program, uh, I guess, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, <clears throat> and we were talking about this, Junior Birdman, from the, he's a master instructor with the Appleseed Rifle, Rifle Marksmanship Program. He and I were talking about this, and uh, I don't remember if he, if we talked about it during the program, but <clears throat> but he and I have talked about this at length over the years, and that is that <clears throat> as a member of the program, as an instructor, when you first uh, start working with the program, you the first thing you think about is you say, well, this is uh, this is about rifle marksmanship. This is about teaching myself and others to shoot to the absolute best of our ability. And and at that time, in that point in your life and in your in your career with Appleseed, you're right. That's what it's about. <clears throat> and then you go a little bit longer with the program, and you realize, you know, it's really not about the shooting. What what we're actually ultimately what we're trying to do you could do it with anything you could do it with with uh, with bowling with tennis with uh, uh, you know with sewing you could do it with anything so it's not about the shooting then what is it well it's about it's about the heritage it's about the history and if you manage to stay a little bit longer with the program if you don't get run off by uh, uh, by the the rest of the things in your life that you need to do, or by uh, or by petty bickering uh, among the uh, the members, etc., then you come to another realization, and you say, you know what? It's it's not about the shooting. And it's not really even about the history and the heritage. What it's really about is about is about me. It's about making sure that I'm becoming the best person that I can become. And, and sometimes that is a scary thing because uh, when you start shining the light on yourself, you might see some things that you'd rather just as soon not see. When you start taking a really good look at yourself, you may see some some things you don't want to see, you don't want to know. Because fixing them, fixing yourself, improving yourself, becoming the best person you can be might be a little bit harder than you thought it was. But listen, I'm here to tell you it's not. And we've got that the old uh, proverb of uh, even the longest journey begins with just one step. And that's really what we're trying to do here. That's really what the program is about. Becoming the best person you can be. And you don't have to do it all at once. 
uh, and you don't have to ever be perfect. You just need to be the best person that you can be. And then you need to take the the premise of apple seed and run with it. You know, we take our name from from Johnny Appleseed, from the guy who uh, went uh, uh, went across the country and planted apple seeds so that apple trees could grow. And uh, and I'm sure that a lot of people have the impression that uh, you know that he was uh, that he was a loving man and he was. He was lovingly putting the seeds in the ground and patting them and and then watching them as they sprouted and tenderly caring for them, applying water when it was needed and caring for that tree and then and then finally and finally at a certain point when he had nurtured that tree enough that he could reach up and he could pluck one of those apples off and he could eat it and he could enjoy the fruit that he himself had cared for for so long. Well, get that out of your head because that's not what happened. That's not what the program does. That's not what he did. There's no time for that. If you want one apple tree, good. But what happens when that one apple tree gets sick and dies? Then it's done. It's history. It's over. That's not what he did. He went out and he spread the, the apple seeds out, and he was in a hurry. He had uh, hundreds, thousands of miles that he planned to put apple trees on. He put those seeds out. He flung them out. In some places, they met fertile ground. They went into the soil. They put down roots. They grew despite uh, all them. They, they grew. They grew. They produced apples. In other places, the seeds landed, landed on barren soil or rock, and they withered and died. Other places, they started growing and and a freeze hit them. Other places they started growing, and a fire burned them down. Sometimes they were just about ready to bear fruit, and uh, and and a forest fire destroyed the whole tree, or or insects uh, ate the tree and gave it disease. Whatever the case, but in many cases, the trees grew to maturity and bore fruit. And guess what? When those trees were bearing fruit, he wasn't anywhere around. He wasn't there reaping the benefits of his work. He didn't get to enjoy uh, lush apples, bite into them, and, and squeeze the juice out for apple cider. Why? Because he wasn't there. He was in the next county planting apple seeds, moving on. The seeds hit the dirt, and he was on. He was on to the next one. And that's what we're doing. And I know that folks can get discouraged. Uh, believe me, I've been, in, I've been in the game for quite a while now, and, I, and, and I've had my fair share and more of discouragements, of talking to folks, shaking hands, handing out flyers, and saying, look, this is a good thing. This is a good thing, and it's not just good for you, and it's not just because you need it. This is a good thing 
for the nation. This is a good thing for your kids. Johnny Appleseed wasn't uh, he wasn't eating those apples. He never planned to eat those apples. Maybe he thought that in the, in the distant future that he would be able to sit down somewhere, maybe retrace his tracks and end up under a tree and, uh, and get some apples and juices. I don't know enough about it to know if that happened or not. I'll tell you what he, what, what he did know is he knew that posterity, that those that came after him would have apples. His kids would have apples. Millions of Americans that he never even knew would have apples. He wasn't doing it for himself. He had too much to do. He was moving on. He had too much ground to cover. That's why we're doing this. Uh, now, I'm not saying that you can't benefit from this. I'm not saying that uh, that you shouldn't be doing it for yourself. Uh, because ultimately, even though this is a hard thing, there's a great deal of satisfaction in it. Yes, it's hard, but there's a great deal of satisfaction in it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for those that come after. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for my grandkids. I don't want to hand my grand my my children a nation that that is sickened and diseased and dying from within a worm eaten uh, filthy nation a decaying decadent nation i don't want that i want to do what i can to fix it now i don't want to hand this off to my kids i don't want to hand them each and every one of them, $10,000 worth of debt at their birth. I want to try and fix things now. I want to make it a better nation. I want to make myself a better person. I want to be a better person. I can be a better father to them. I can provide them with a better home, a better neighborhood, a better state, a better country. I have a lot of hopes for my children. But it's not going to happen by itself. I'm sure you've all heard, uh, because it's said quite often, the only thing evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing. That means that you don't have to be going out and doing bad stuff to make sure that the nation fails. Believe me, there are a lot of other people already doing the bad stuff, just loving it. It's building up. It's it's being done 24 hours a day. All you have to do is sit there and do nothing. That's all. And evil will rule. Evil will succeed. Sit on the couch. Get the remote. Click it on to a 30-minute sitcom. You know the ones I'm talking about, the ones where the the characters come on and everybody's happy and then there's some type of dilemma or some type of crisis and then oh, for the next 25 minutes they try and resolve the crisis and then at the 28th minute it's resolved, life is good, things are better, everybody smiles, everybody laughs, roll credits, and everything's good, everything, we're happy again, everything's good. But that's not how... 
life works. I mean, it's how life's working now for a lot of the nation. You don't have to do anything. Evil will will gladly succeed on its own if you do nothing. And I'm not telling you that uh, that even if you went out there and you worked yourself into a lather every single day for the rest of your life, that you're going to prevent this. What I am telling you is how are you going to feel if you do nothing? How are you going to feel if you do sit there and do nothing and evil prevails? You going to be good with that? I know I'm not. All right. Well, you want to figure out how to get started? I'll tell you what you do. You want to get yourself started with uh, with an apple seed rifle marksmanship two-day weekend launching pad clinic? I'll tell you how you go about doing that. Because you're going to meet some of the best folks in the nation at an apple seed rifle marksmanship uh, two-day weekend clinic. We've got great instructors who are devoting their time and effort to this. We've got uh, absolutely fantastic people, which always amazes me. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I keep, in my mind, I've got a a, a picture of, of the folks in the nation and... Uh, and it always, uh, even now, it still amazes me that there must be some type of a of a filter that filters people. Whenever somebody decides to come to an apple seed rifle marksmanship event, it filters out the the majority of the folks that are chafe, that uh, that are just detritus uh, to the nation. And the good folks, the folks that are the absolute best folks in the nation, end up showing up at the events. And you're going to be in the company of a lot of good folks. You're going to have a chance to talk to them. You're going to have a chance to make new friends. And you're going to, you're going to find other folks at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship organization that uh, might have the same way of thinking that you do. They might, uh, They might feel that our nation uh, might be in peril and that we we might need to do something. And we might need to start today on doing that. You might meet those exact same folks at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Clinic because that's the folks that come. And listen, <clears throat> I think that if you went back, if you went back to April in 1775, and you talk to the folks there, and you go, hey, guys, listen, <clears throat> the nation is in peril, and uh, there's a couple of ways we could go with this, right? Way number one is we could uh, we could all stand in ranks, uh, all of us amateurs, all of us dilettantes, and uh, without much in the way of equipment or anything else, uh, we could oppose a professional army. We could shoot at them. We could get shot. We could be killed or, or worse yet, we could be wounded. 
there's no uh there's no real good medical attention back then uh not for not from folks who thought that life spontaneously generated from horse hairs and water troughs. You could get wounded, you could lose your life, the life of your family, your home. Even if you didn't get killed that day, your name was going to go on an immediate list of traitors who were to be hung on sight. All right, so that's that's way number one, all right? Everybody that's good to go with that, hold up your hands. Or we could go with way number two. Way number two is you could get together with the uh, with a bunch of friends. You, know, you could get together with uh, some of the best folks in the nation, have a nice weekend with them, shooting uh, shooting rifles, learning to shoot uh, skillfully, and hearing about history and heritage. And then you could take that those newfound skills and take that that newfound spirit of getting involved, and you could get involved and you could do something and perhaps change the outcome or change the future of the nation. Which way is it going to be, way number one or way number two? I can tell you that uh, those folks in 1775 would have selected way number two. Nobody in their right mind wants to consider engaging in violence. Who would... uh, who would consider that? You know, they have, uh, they have the court cases today trying to decide if people are insane or not insane for killing someone. Listen, if you kill someone, if you murder someone, you are insane. Nobody wants to kill anybody. Nobody wants any violence. If there is a, a peaceful way to fix anything, then then I can certainly tell you that the folks in 1775 would have selected that. And that's the options for us today. We can do that. They didn't have any choice. We do. We do have a choice. So you can come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship two-day clinic. You can set yourself a goal of improving your rifle marksmanship you can achieve and exceed that goal. And then you can ask yourself then, what next? What now? Where do I go from here? I set a goal. I achieved it. I exceeded it. Now I'm ready for more. Where do I go from here? And we'll be glad to help you. But first you have to attend an apple seed, right? So if we're going to attend an apple seed, how do you get there? Well, you go to rwva.org, RomeoWhiskeyVictorAlpha.org, and that's our homepage. On the homepage, at the top of the page, you'll see a, a list of tabs, and the second one from the left says Appleseed. You put your cursor on that tab, you'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule, and that will take you to a page that has a picture of uh, the United States on it. Now... If you know where you want, if you know what state that you want to uh, to attend an event in, then put your cursor on that state and click it, and it'll pull you up a uh, a listing of the events in that state. If you want to look across at events across the nation, then there is a hot link embedded in the uh, the page that will take you to that. Now, once you get on that page, you'll see a, a list of events, and they're listed by in alphabetical order by city. And then right next to the city will have the, the state and then by the date. 
So if you were looking for the February 26th, 27th weekend, it would start off uh, in Bakersfield, California, on that weekend. And then just to the right of that are two additional hot links. One says information, and that is the uh, that goes to the event information page. That's the page that has uh, all of the uh, information for that specific event at that specific location uh, for that specific date. It'll tell you uh, where the event is being held, directions, etc., uh, who to contact for more information. Uh, hotels, uh, all different kinds of information for that specific event on that specific date. And then right uh, under that is another hot link. It says register. And that is so that you can pre-register for that event. And we would like you to pre-register for the events if you can because the... uh, the days of uh, of automatically being able to walk into the uh, walk into an event without pre-registering uh, are, are getting pretty slim. So you want to make sure that uh, that you pre-register. <clears throat> All right. Uh, pre-registration will do two things, too. It will <clears throat> make sure that you have a place on the firing line for that event. It will make sure that we know about it. We will make sure that we know that you're coming because we have to schedule enough instructors to make sure that we have a good uh, instructor-to-student ratio and then make sure that we've got enough supplies there. And uh, we do that by looking at the number of folks who have pre-registered. And uh, that gives us an idea of how to of how many instructors to schedule, how much gear to send, etc. Now, in the past, we have, uh, when an event sold out early, uh, if we were able to secure additional line, and I know there's been a couple of times when we've actually we've actually uh, located ranges in the same city and uh, and secured them for use that weekend too. But I can tell you that will never happen if we don't know that it needs to happen. The only way we're going to know it needs to happen is by checking the pre-reg numbers. <clears throat> so make sure you pre-register. Don't just think about going to an event. If you're sitting there looking at the uh, the events page, then be bold. Look at the event you'd like to attend, hit register, and get your name on the list. <clears throat> All right, and... Uh, and you may be wondering how much it's going to cost you to go to an event. Well, I'll tell you right now. We've got that uh, that link is on the the homepage too, the Apple Sea Pricing Information link. We've got several free categories, and uh, that is uh, active duty, guard, and reserve, along with peace officers, are free. So if you're a member, if you're a member of the guard, the reserve, or if you're on active duty, it's free. Uh, if you're a law enforcement officer, it's free. Now, I believe that there were some other categories. Uh, uh, I believe at one time that we were letting uh, political candidates in free, and that's of any party. They were certainly not selective because Appleseed has no politics, no ideology. Uh, to to find out for sure, 
who all is going to be free at an event, the best thing to do, if you have any questions about it, look up that event, find out who is uh, who the contact person is, and then find out from that person who the shoot boss is and talk to the shoot boss. Because the shoot boss has the last word on this, on who can come to an event free. And he may want to invite uh, a bunch of people free that don't fall into the free category. It's up to him. If he wants to do that, he can do that. <clears throat> so active duty, guard, reserve, and law enforcement officers are free. For If you don't fall into those categories, for the two full days of instruction, when you pre-register, it's going to be 70 bucks. Now, normally, a weekend, two days of shooting, is going to run you at a minimum of three to five hundred dollars. That's just that's what it is. It can it can go up to twenty five hundred dollars for some places. So seventy bucks, which is uh, almost a uh, one thousand percent discount. And listen, you are going to get your money's worth. You are going to get your money's worth. For this, uh, for these two days of rifle marksmanship instruction, you're just going to go for one day, pre-registered. It's forty-five dollars. Now, if you don't pre-register, if you just try and walk on and you make it, it's going to be eighty bucks for the two days, and fifty bucks for the single day. Let me give you another hint too. If you can only come one day, pick Saturday. Saturday is the day we go step by step through all of the instruction. For women, <clears throat> women were free, and. Uh, Right now, women and children, which are youth under 21, women are $10 and kids are $5 for the weekend. Now, I'm sure they would still be free if a lot of the folks had not uh, had not been pre-registering and then not showing up. Because, you know, when something's free and you don't have anything invested in it, then you can miss that weekend. You know, it didn't cost you anything. So a lot of folks were doing that. It was really jacking with our with our paperwork and with the system. So we put a minimum of $10 for women and $5 for kids just to give them a minimal investment in it for them to come. I'm sure, too, that if you talk to the shoot boss, if, uh, say, somebody wants to come and he wants to bring in his wife and kids and uh, uh, and he would like for them to shoot free, then talk to the shoot boss. I don't... I, I don't think that the shoot boss would give you any grief on that. I don't think the organization would give you any grief on that. You know, we've never been uh, we've never been excited about letting people in free because uh, ultimately we're not uh, we're not in this for the money. Matter of fact, I'm sure that if if there was some way for us to do it without charging money, I'd be I'm, sure, I'm absolutely sure we would be doing it that way. Absolutely sure we'd be doing it that way. We're not in it for the money. <clears throat> All right, so activity, guard and reserve, and law enforcement officers free. If you don't fall in that category, 70 bucks for two days, $45 for a single day if you pre-register. Otherwise, it's $80 and $50. Women and children, women are $10, kids are $5. All right, if you would like more information, if you want to have some uh, if you have some questions about this, contact the shoot boss for that event. All right, we'll be glad to work it out with you. Uh, I believe that also that we're, uh, if you are a uh, challenge shooter, then uh, I don't think that we're, uh, I don't think that we're charging folks that uh, that have physical challenges. But once again, just check with your uh, check with that specific contact person at the event uh, to find out more. All right. 
So real quickly, let's get the next 30 days of events in here. Starting the February 26th, 27th weekend, it begins in Bakersfield, California, followed by Calverton, New York, Coldbrook, Connecticut, Dublin, Georgia, Lapeer, Michigan, Lebanon, Connecticut, Lewiston, Idaho, Midland, Texas, Minot, North Dakota, February 26th and 27th is an indoor event, Mayaka City, Florida, Racine, Wisconsin, Rama, Colorado, Ramsar, North Carolina, and Sierra Vista, Arizona. That brings us to the first weekend in March, which begins in Buckeye, Arizona, followed by Byers, Colorado, March 5th and 6th in Dallas, Texas, at the Quail Creek Range is a ladies-only event. Now, this is an event that uh, that we are working on with the Diva Wow organization. And uh, if you look at the upcoming events listed, you'll see that on the uh, March 10th, we'll have uh, Judy Rhodes from Diva Wow. She'll be our guest. She's going to talk about the <coughs> Diva Wow organization. Wow is for women uh, outdoors worldwide. This is a huge organization, and uh, we're partnering with them in order to help spread the word about uh, Appleseed. We're talking about, like, like I said, it's a, this is a huge organization. Over 6 million women involved in this, 6 million women. And they seem to be really psyched about Appleseed. If you want to talk to uh, to somebody about getting a diva event organized for uh, for your location, and listen, every single person that's listening to the show tonight, you should be sending double uh, LL uh, Lauren Lacren a uh, you should be sending her a PM that. Uh, that you would like to get the contact information and talk to her about that, about setting up a Diva Wow uh, apple seed in your area. Listen, these guys, like I said, they're psyched about it. These, They have a hardcore uh, promo group that they're working with. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for uh, a better organization. They're extremely professional. It's not fly-by-night at all. These guys are absolute professionals. Uh, so if you want more information about that, talk to Double LL on the forum. PM her or, if, uh, or, or PM or email me, and uh, I'll give you the contact information, all right? Because this is a uh, – as you know, I was talking to you last week about uh, forming alliances, and uh, you should be looking for alliances everywhere you go. You should be, you should be knocking on the doors of every organization that you can think of and inviting them uh, to become partners and helpers with you. Uh, and this is an organization that it uh, would really benefit you to do so with. So I'd like for uh, when Judy comes on the show, when Mr. Rhodes comes on the show in two weeks, I'd like for a lot of you guys to have already contacted the your uh, local Diva Wow orgs and uh, and be setting some stuff up there. All right, continue on that same weekend, 5th and 6th, is Fresno, California. Harvard, Massachusetts, Saturday, March 5th, is a one-day event. You guys, I talk to you about one-day events all the time. Sometimes a range will not give you two days. Sometimes they won't close the range down for both days. 
If you can only get one day, make it a Saturday. Push all your instructions that Saturday. Uh, give them a good dose of the apple seed event and end the day with an AQT, and they will see the benefit of running the event at their range, and they'll more than likely give you a full two days as soon as they can. So if you can get a, if you can only get a one-day event, then go ahead and go for it. We've opened up uh, Apple Seed to one-day events. If you can only get a one-day event from a uh, range, do it. Get it set up and run it. All right, that same weekend, the 5th and 6th continues in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Miamisburg, Ohio, New Martinsville, West Virginia, Waterman, Illinois, Winslow, New Jersey. That takes us to the March 12th and 13th weekend, which begins in Annapolis, Maryland, <clears throat> followed by Birmingham, Alabama, Burlington Flats, New York, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, College Station, Texas, Eureka, Kansas, Hartford, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Nevada, Piru, California, Ramsar, North Carolina, Red Bluff, California, Albuquerque, New Mexico starts off the March 19th and 20th weekend, followed by Anderson, South Carolina, Clinton, Illinois, Corona, California, Danville, Illinois, Davila, Texas, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Leonard, Texas, Lewiston, Idaho, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Raton, New Mexico, Rochester, Indiana, Roswell, New Mexico, Sacramento, California, Stinson, West Virginia, Troop, New York, Hayesville, Utah, begins on March 25th, 26th weekend, followed by Amarillo, Texas, which is at an indoor event that weekend. Indoor, no inclement weather can bar you from this event. Followed by that same weekend, March 26th and 27th, in Calverton, New York, Charlotte, North Carolina, Escondido, California, Evansville, Indiana, Fredericksburg, Texas, Gaston, South Carolina, Gunnison, Colorado, Hartford County, Maryland, Hastings, Nebraska, Hinckley, Minnesota, Lapeer, Michigan, Lebanon, Connecticut, Lima, Ohio, Manchester, Tennessee, Mayaca City, Florida, Nashville, Indiana, Palmerton, Pennsylvania, Poolville, Texas, Rama, Colorado, Smithville, Texas, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, March 26th and 27th. All right, that takes us a full month ahead. <clears throat> And uh, and <clears throat> there we go. That takes us a full month ahead for the events. As I said, if you want to find out how to go to to get to the uh, how to get to an event, how to find an event close to you, because there is one within reasonable driving distance. Every single weekend of the year, somewhere in the United States, there is a rifle marksmanship weekend within reasonable driving distance of you. <clears throat> I just read them to you, so you know that that's a fact. Go to rwva.org, the homepage. On the homepage, look across the top. There's a list of tabs. Second from the left, there's a tab that says Appleseed. Put your cursor on the Appleseed tab. You'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. And that will take you to the page for the uh, for the locations. All right. <clears throat> Tonight we're talking about law enforcement and Appleseed. 
and uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, a couple of guests that we're going to bring on, and what we're going to be talking about is apple seed and our relationship with the law enforcement organizations. Now, as I read to you earlier, we have uh, uh, one of the categories that's free is law enforcement officers. And there's a reason for that. And that's because we want to be, we want to do the right things. We want to make sure that uh, the same way that we're working with the military to ensure that they have the skills, the rifle marksmanship skills that they need, we want to do the same thing with law enforcement. We have an obligation to our nation and to our community. Those folks out there risking their lives every day, and listen, believe me, and police officers risk their lives every day. They're required to. They're required to. They're required. They, if somebody's robbing a store or robbing a bank, they don't have the op. They don't have the option of saying, "Oh, listen, that looks awfully dangerous. I don't think I want to get involved in that." They have to. And at times, they're going to need firearm skill to do their job. Uh, and we want to help them and make sure that we can help them develop those uh, rifle marksmanship skills so that they can do their job, so that they can <clears throat> safely do their job. Now, first off, I want to uh, I want to uh, bring on my partner here. I know he's been busy screening calls as we're coming in, but uh, I'd like to bring. Uh, Say hello to Sam D. Sam, you there? I'm here, Scout. Well, Sam, welcome to the show. I know you're screening the calls and stuff, and uh, I sure appreciate that. How are things going in New Mexico? Oh, fantastic. Beautiful day, beautiful shooting weather. I want to get some of the locals together for a little range time this weekend, even though we don't have a seed plan. We're just raring to go. Well, you know what? We are, too. We're, we're actually doing the same thing. We've got a a bunch of folks, and you know, when people come to a uh, an apple seed event here in Davila, I always tell them, I go, look, <clears throat> now that you've been to an apple seed event, you're part of the family, and anybody that wants to come out to the range and shoot, you're welcome to do so, no charge or anything else. You can come anytime you like. Just give me a call ahead of time, so I'll know that you're coming, and uh, I, I won't be out there, you know, shredding the the weeds or something with bullets flying by me. But let me know you're coming, and you're welcome to come and and shoot. And uh, and people take me up on it all the time. I've probably done at least uh, I would say two dozen in the last four years. Uh, two dozen like private uh, tutorials uh, for either individuals or, or groups that have come uh, because they wanted to. Uh, they were uh, they were uh, excited about improving their rifle marksmanship, and they ended up they they came to the uh, the next apple seed too, but they wanted to practice in between the two, and they didn't have a good place. And I never charge for any of this ever. Uh, they're always uh, they're always welcome to come and shoot free. So, and I know you do the same thing a lot, Sam. Uh, you do the exact same thing. I know that uh, that Chris out in Oklahoma, he does it a lot. A lot of our instructors do it. VA shooter used to do it. Uh, a lot of our instructors do it. All the time. (laughs) 
Well, listen, uh, if you folks want to call in, we're going to bring our guests on in just a second. If you guys want to call in, you're welcome to call in to make comments, to ask questions. Uh, the subject we're going to start talking about is law enforcement and apple seed. The call in number is 347-308-8790. All right, and uh, without uh, any further ado, uh, we're going to bring on. Uh, we'll call him Ranger 1968. Ranger, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout. Thanks for having me on. Hey, listen, it's my pleasure. I know I went a, bit, a little bit long in the intro. I told you to call in about uh, 720 and 748 now. But uh, thank you for for holding on, and thanks for calling in and uh, and talking tonight. Uh, uh, Ranger is a law enforcement officer out in the uh, on the East Coast, and uh, he's now a member of the Appleseed Project, and uh, we've invited him on tonight to speak about law enforcement officers and their relationship with Appleseed and, and things like that. And listen, any of you guys that are listening, if you are a law enforcement officer, if you have a buddy that's one, etc., you are welcome to call in. We welcome it because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk uh, uh, to uh, to Andy about his uh, about his experiences with Appleseed, but also about how we can that we can be, we can develop better relationships with law enforcement. So, Andy, uh, once again, thanks for for setting aside this time to call in. And let me ask you, how did you uh, initially hear about the Appleseed Project? Well, now, first off. I was listening to the show, and it was worth waiting just to hear you say Tuscaloosa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every time I hit Tuscaloosa, man, it's hard. It's hard to just say it regular because because I love that name. <laughs> it made it worth the wait. I uh, I spend a fair amount of my free time on a, on a gun board, the uh, Survivor SKS boards. There's a lot of good uh, riflemen over there, a lot of good patriots, and it turns out a lot of apple seeders. A few years ago. I started reading about it, and I said, what, what's an Appleseed Project? I asked a kind of a dumb newbie question, and I got filled in pretty well. It turned out that uh, there's a couple of IITs that are Appleseeders, and uh, they're also members at the SKS boards, and uh, one of the shoot bosses here in Florida. And uh, last month, I really wanted to do an Appleseed event, not just for myself and my own skills, but for my family as well, to bring them along. But I never seemed to be able to get the time off when there was an event. There was never an event that was within three or four hours driving distance. And uh, last month, uh, Heimdall, who's an IIT here in the area in Florida, he uh, called me up kind of short notice, and he said, hey, there's an event coming this weekend in uh, Mayaka, and uh, why don't you see if you can make it? So I talked to my son. He's, he's 13, and he thought that would be a great idea. He kind of grew up at the range. And I talked to my wife, and I, I fully expected her to say, you guys have a good time. But what she said was, you know, I think I found a hotel for us up there, and we just went from there. <laughs> well, that's excellent. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you just a few more questions about this, if you don't mind, because uh, this is one of my pet projects is is fi- trying to find out what how how these seeds. Uh, you know, you heard my long spiel about Johnny Appleseed and planting the seed and stuff, and that's good, and that's all well and good, but. Uh, if I can tweak it so that more of the seeds fall into fertile ground and they grow, then I'm going to try and do that. So you heard about the the, the Appleseed Project on the boards. And, uh, yes, sir. And then, now, you could have gone at, uh, at a lot of different points because I know that Mayaka is an active site. Uh, 
So they have a, a lot of events there. Patrick Henry and uh, SKS uh, and uh, the rest of the guys down there run uh, a lot of events here. So you could have gone at a certain point, but uh, you eventually decided to attend when a an Appleseed instructor called you personally and said, hey, why don't you come with me? Yes. Is that, is that I, what I got? Yes, he, uh, he actually contacted me himself. And he said, I know you've been wanting to go to one of these, and there's one coming up. Why don't you see if you can make it? Now, that's the event that really spurred me. And I said, you know, I have nothing on this weekend, and it's something I've really been wanting to do. I just need to get myself in gear and, uh, and conquer that inertia that had been holding me in place. All right. And how long had that been? You first heard about it on a board, and then to the best of your, of your memory, how long had it been between when you first heard about it, you asked questions, and you asked some more questions, and you read about it some more, and finally you decided to go? What was that time span? It was probably about 18 months. Okay, that's about right. Six to 18 months. That's a, that's about right for for most folks. And I want to make sure that everybody listening that you got the, the you got the uh, the secret undercover uh, way that he eventually came, and it was uh, through word of mouth. And that's our super secret low tech, high yield method of getting folks to come. Uh, one of the instructors called him and said, "Hey." You know, you've been wanting to go, let's go. There's one this weekend, let's go. Now, you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing when you get ready to go to an event as an instructor or as a member. Don't go alone. Get uh, If you've got a, a car that holds four people, get four people. Split the gas four ways. Split the food four ways. Shoot the breeze four ways. It's going to be a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable that way. And remember, the whole goal is not so that you can learn to shoot by yourself you want to be able to, be, to shoot uh, as a member of a group of shooters. So <clears throat> so you finally decided to come, and then you went, and you brought your – you actually did it exactly right, which is you brought your wife and your son with you. And, uh, and kudos for that because uh, one of the obstacles uh, a lot of folks have in going to Appleseed and becoming instructors is – their significant others think that uh, well, this is another weekend of of him going to. He's going to go out and shoot and drink beer. And uh, and once they come to an event, once they see what it really is, and uh, their their perspective on it changes quite often. So you came to the event, and uh, and was it what you thought it was going to be? It was better. Uh, I, I'd like to add that another thing that kind of got me there, Scout was we had a, a shoot for the SKS boards back in October here in our area, kind of a get-together barbecue. You know, you meet a lot of people from the Internet, and you finally get to meet them in person kind of thing. And uh, Project Appleseed for us, it's, it's an SKS for uh, the Appleseed board, and Heimdall were both there. And uh, my son was there with his rifle, and we're all shooting. I'm, I'm being the range boss that day, so I wasn't doing much shooting myself. And I myself am a firearms instructor. And I'm pretty critical of, of other instructors. I, I keep a real close eye on them, you know, to see their technique and how they are. And uh, Liam, that's my son, he wanted to shoot his rifle a little. And both uh, Heimdall and It's an SKS spent a considerable amount of time with him. And, and I really appreciated their, their style, their patience, and their professionalism in, in how they, they took him along. As everybody knows, it's very hard to work with family on the range because everything you say is going to be taken at an emotional level. And it was nice to have somebody else on a very professional level give him a little schooling. And that, uh, that's one of the things that sealed the deal for me also, was just the caliber of, of instruction that I saw in that short period of time. Right, and we've become 
very, very effective in this in that niche, and we've become very, very good at it about uh, working with families with first-time shooters. And uh, I try and tell folks that that want to come and shoot. I go, look, you want to come and shoot? You want to bring your family? Excellent, because we are experts at this. And when you come. And I tell the instructors uh, this, and I work on it myself. When a family comes, I try and make sure that uh, I get the family folks separated. And that's because I want them all to enjoy their time. I want them, I want the adults to be able to shoot and learn, and the kids at the same time. And just as you said, and I believe me, early on I saw this, and that's one of the reasons that I developed that strategy. I saw the father's. Uh, talking to their sons or daughters and saying, well, you need to do it this way. And the kids are saying, I am, I was. No, you're not. Yes, I was. And that is simply not conducive to uh, to learning. Uh, so you split the kids up from the parents, and the, the parents can shoot. They can have a good time. The kids are more uh, likely to be able to take instruction from uh from a uh, from a different adult than their parents, and then the instructors and I make sure that the instructors treat the kids as young adults, and then you treat those kids like that. <clears throat> a lot of times, it's going to be one of the first times that they have gone out and done something, and that they have been treated as, respectfully as young adults, and and then whenever they achieve their their, their goals, then it is an individual success. It's not something that mommy or dad gave them. It's something that they earned on their own, that they learned on their own, and they're treated uh, and respected as young adults. And I'm telling you, I've seen more lights go on in that fashion uh, in the last few years, and it is a absolutely wonderful thing because for a lot of kids, it's an actual life-changing event because it's the first time that they were treated uh, basically as adults and the first time they set a goal for themselves and achieved it on their own. And uh, and we have become really, really good at this. <clears throat> so you guys shot that day, and uh, and you, like you said, you are a you are a uh, firearms instructor, and you watched them, and you were. You were satisfied with the the caliber of the instruction. What about safety? Was the safety program? Uh, uh, did you think it was a uh, a successful one? I mean, other yes, than... yes. Uh, unequivocally, yes. Uh, it's one of the safer ranges I have ever attended. In terms of oh, firearms discipline, muzzle discipline, uh, range rules, the whole thing was run very very nicely. There was very little downtime. It, it was very efficiently managed. Uh, now, P. Henry was our, our range boss that day, our shoot boss, and he's obviously a kind of a grand master at this. But even he had three IITs. They were all great. Everyone involved was, I was, I, and, and again, I step back and I kind of look at it from a, you know, clinical standpoint, uh, from an instructional standpoint, and I was I was super impressed with every aspect of it, how patient they were, how professional they were, how they stuck to the routine. You know, they didn't vary from the program, how they uh, they didn't let anything safety-related skimp. Um, they did everything very thoroughly, and they interspersed it. And this was kind of a surprise to me because I didn't know that part of it was coming with the history aspect of it. And for me, the history aspect of it wasn't even so much about Paul Revere's ride and the four strikes of the match as it was about some some self-searching 
and saying to myself, you know, I think as Americans, a lot of people may have lost their way. And could I see myself in that place at that time as one of these, these lesser players that we learned about that day? And if I had an answer no to that, what could I do to make myself that sort of an American? Right. Right. And and did you how, how did you how did your scores end up that day? I made rifleman. Uh but you know I did it by the skin of my teeth. I uh ended now, up and what were you what were you shooting? I was shooting a Ruger ten twenty two with tech sights. Okay. Well I was just getting ready to say if you had shot uh to rifleman standards at your first event with an SKS, I was going to be really uh, impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. <laughs> I actually brought an SKS with me, but when we started our, our shoot, we did the red coat target. Uh, what I determined was that, you know, even though uh, I'm, I'm fairly skilled, I was a SWAT operator for eight years, I'm an instructor, I've been a cop for almost 20 years, uh, I shoot a lot. I, I shoot many, many rounds. I shoot every couple of weeks, like clockwork. Uh, that what came home to me, Scout, was that we've become, many of us, very accustomed to the technology, to the, the gimmicks and the gadgets, and that we've gotten away from some of our most basic rifleman skills. And when I laid down with that twenty two to start off with, I wasn't hitting as well as I thought I should have been. And I said, you know, I, I need to put the SKS up. You know, I need to leave that in the vehicle and stick with the twenty two and just work the fundamentals this weekend. And I was glad that I did. Right, and you and I discussed this a little bit earlier today. We talked on the phone earlier today, and that'll lead us into the next part of the discussion that I'd like to talk about, and that is uh, that is how we can how we can better uh, how we can uh, pre- present the our invitations to the law enforcement uh, community uh, in a better fashion, and. When you and I were talking, you were talking about how that, uh, you know, you are a uh, on the uh, special weapons uh, group, and you were you were used to uh, getting down in the in the prone with your sandbag and bipod and your optics, and and probably you probably got wind and range estimators and and computer charts, etc., and uh, and banging away at 700 meters and hitting the target exactly where you want to hit it, etc. <clears throat> but uh, but then you you got down at the uh, the 25 meter line and started shooting, and you said that that uh, that well it was a real eye opener for you. It was humbling. It was uh, it was humbling. I I actually turned to Heimdall, and I said, you know, I maybe need to pull my handgun out here because I know I could hit better with that. <laughs> I'm doing right now, and uh, it, it was one of those moments where I had to say to myself. And you understand that, that law enforcement has a lot of type A, forceful personalities, and, and there's a lot of big egos. It, it goes with the territory. It's that sort of a profession. It, it engenders that sort of a, a mentality at some times. And there reaches a point where you have to say to yourself, I need to hang that up. I need to put that on the hook and get that teachable attitude. You open my mind a little. You know, forget some of the things that I'm used to and stop complaining to myself about how I really wish how I had a bipod right here instead of this sling. And get back to the basics, right? And and we want to we want to uh, engage the law enforcement uh, community and get them to coming to events. And and like I said earlier, the main reason we want to do it is because 
we want to be uh we want to be a help to our community we want to provide uh the uh the instruction to law enforcement enforcement community and and they and they need it i i've i've been i've instructed a lot of law enforcement over the over the last few years and uh <clears throat> law enforcement is no different than anybody else you know i think when you and i were talking that uh I told you that a, a lot of folks, and it's law enforcement is no different than a lot of the the men that I talk to, and I try and get them to come to an apple seed, and I get the uh, I'll get the answer of I was in the army, so I don't need to learn how to shoot. And I'm, of course, I was in the army too. I was in there for six years, and and the last thing, the 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 last the smallest amount of information about anything that I got in the military was on shooting. That was the smallest inf- amount of inf- information. I got more instruction on making a bed than I did on shooting. And uh and so we've got a we've got a hurdle we've got to clear on this. I'll ask guys, just regular guys to come and they'll say they were in the military or they'll say uh, some of the worst explanations I've heard was uh, I've, my son is is in the military and he's a sniper. And well that's good, but I don't know if it's going to do anything for you. Uh, the guys always seem to think that because they're guys, that if they admit to a deficiency in shooting skills, that it that it lessens their manhood. And you have even a greater hurdle a lot of times with the with law enforcement because law enforcement that uh, most folks just figure well they they carry a gun every day they got to know how to shoot, and uh, and a lot of times that's not the case and. It needs to be the case. Uh, I think you and I were talking earlier too about uh, uh, about how you had seen some uh, of the uh, law enforcement folks shooting, and uh, and you weren't that impressed with some of it. Oh no, <laughs> I, I wish I could say differently, Scout, uh, but I, I can't. Unfortunately, what we've come to in a lot of things in this country, not just law enforcement, not just training, is we've kind of come to a, the least common denominator for things. And a, and a basic standard rather than developing people to their fullest potential. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, Some of the reasons are budgetary, some are administrative. It's not just because nobody wants people to be their best, but it's right. the reality of the situation in the world that we live in. And you know, I see a lot, of, a lot of officers that shoot, and we're all pretty much issued rifles these days, uh, AR-15 pattern rifles usually. Right. And you know, the, the course that they run is, is it's a full-size human target, basically, the silhouette, at 50 meters. And when I see them shoot, instead of the inch-and-a-half, two-inch group that you would expect for somebody who has maybe two days of instruction, you'll see them actually just hitting the center mass area, almost like they would with a handgun. But with a rifle, that's, that's, to me, that's unacceptable. And it would be nice to get them dialed in a little more. Um, one of the, the reasons I think Appleseed is a good program for law enforcement is it, it takes some of the pressure that we put on them out of it. One of the things you, gotta, you have to understand about them shooting on the ranges, we put a job-related pressure on them. And they think right. to themselves, if I don't do well at this, this could cost me my job. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't, but that's that's a tremendous strain to put a person under. Uh, whereas something like Appleseed is a little less pressure. I actually had fun. I, I As opposed to a range day, which can be somewhat frustrating, it, there's a lot of time on it, there's, you know, your, your livelihood is attached to it. I went to Appleseed, I learned a lot, and I had fun. And I think if if we can enfranchise the law enforcement community, and, and you know the way to do it is through personal contact. 
the word of mouth, the big secret, you can get them to come, and they will have fun. And to me, as an instructor, the key to getting people to learn is to have them have a good time and you throw some knowledge in there when they're not looking. Right. Well, what about uh, – I was thinking that uh, that a big plus on this when we're talking to law enforcement could be that uh, that we – we could uh, we could talk about it in such a way. You know, you mentioned earlier budgetary, uh, yes. and uh, I'm thinking that we could uh, we could talk to law enforcement and let them know that <clears throat> that where normally they may have to uh, uh, you know to spend a bunch of dollars uh, at some course, uh, and even if they don't, their department's going to. That this is a chance for them to come and shoot at no charge to them. And then if we explain to them uh, how much they're going to approve, what our standards of accuracy are, and that they're going to have a good time doing this, I think that uh, I think that we'll be able to push this. So I think that if we talk to uh, – uh, say somebody were to contact somebody at uh, – uh, Let's uh, let's say let's talk about say a police department or something. We could talk to their uh, uh, whoever who's in charge of the of the shooting. Usually, if they got somebody that's in charge of the uh, of the shooting at uh, say the police department or sheriff's department or state troopers. Do they have somebody that's in charge of uh, shooting instruction? Yes, it's it's usually someone in the training division, and. Uh, having been in training myself, having actually worked full-time in, in training at one point in my career, I, I can tell you that one thing training people look for, especially in these tougher times, is the word no cost. And if it's approached to them that, listen, this is a low or no cost sort of a thing, uh, the instructors are actually volunteers, and they really like what they do, and this is our standard, and this is what it will do for you, and, and consequently this is what it will do for the public. I think that's a very good way to approach it, and it has to be done in person. That's one of those things where, you know, you go to the department, you figure out who that person is, you, you establish maybe a short email relationship with them, you, you set up a time, you, you visit. You, you One thing we like to do in law enforcement when we are in contact with people is put a name to a face, shake a person's hand, look them in the eye, and then it, it gets you a lot further because now, hey, that's somebody I know. I met that guy. He seemed like a decent guy, and his heart was in the right place. And, you know, you give that person some uh, some slicks, some fold-outs, some posters to post, and you... Uh, if at all possible, you get the department to work an Appleseed program into their in-service training program. So that essentially it's, it's a compulsory thing for the officers, and they, they, they go just as another school they have to do. And if it's posed to them correctly, and it doesn't have to be through the department even, by the Appleseed instructors, listen, this is a learning opportunity for you. You know, if you don't do that well here, it's an opportunity for you to do better next time. And, and it takes some of the job-related pressure off them and they learn. They have a good time, and the secret to that is if they have a good time, and this is something I learned, Appleseed is not a one-shot deal. You know, you don't go to one and then never go to another. You go to one and you say, I can't wait to do this again. Right. And that's us. Yeah, that is us. If you get them there at that level on, say, the in-service level, and it's a work-related thing and, and we're learning things for work and making the public safer and improving our own personal skills, they go home and they say, you know what, honey? You've been kind of asking me about learning to shoot. I went to this class. And the next thing you know, you have them coming back 
but on their off time with their families, and they become constant apple seeders. Exactly. So we can get uh, – so you guys that are listening and you're looking for more ways to, to get your line going and to develop, remember it's very, very important to develop alliances, local alliances uh, in the program. And uh, and that means searching out the groups and getting in touch with them, getting in touch with, with Diva, getting in touch with the Sons of the American Revolution, Daughters of the American Revolution, getting in touch with these organizations, and then getting in touch with your local law enforcement organizations. Go to the – I've gone to all of the uh, – the law enforcement organizations around here within uh, 50 miles of me, and I've had meetings with each and every one of them, and uh, I've had folks from all of them come to the events. And what you need to do is do just what uh, Andy was saying. Go in there and talk to them. It won't take a few minutes. They're not going to bite your head off and explain to them that this, first of all, it's free. We're going to do this for free. A lot of times, a lot of officers are required to pay for their own individual instruction. And if they're not, then their organization, their their uh, department is. And this is going to be free. Now, I'm sure we can also, uh, uh, we've been talking about this for a while, about setting up a uh, certification uh, program so that we can certify that somebody has shot to certain specific standards and uh, and give them a piece of paper uh, for their participation. But mainly, it's going to improve uh, their rifle marksmanship. And this is very important. Uh, there's a lot of officers who are going to go through SWAT training. And uh, we've got, uh, I have several folks in, uh, uh, and one of them is an instructor now that, uh, that was a SWAT member, and uh, some folks that are police officers that came here before they went to the SWAT class. The guy that uh, was a SWAT officer already said, man, this is the course I was looking for to go to before I went to SWAT. And the guys that came here and went to the course and then went to SWAT said, man, I am so glad I went to the Appleseed two-day clinic before I went to the SWAT course because we're giving them the uh, the foundations the skills and techniques, the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship that they can then easily build on. A lot of folks that go to uh, that go into specialized schools don't have that. And listen, you're going to be hurting if you don't if you don't have the fundamentals down. The, the most of the SWAT courses and stuff are like that are not designed to teach you the fundamentals. They're designed to teach you their specific program, which is supposed to be laid down on top of your fundamentals program. So let them know what this course has to offer. Talk to the training. If you look up the websites, and that's what I do, I look up the websites, and it'll list training will be one of the groups. And then talk to the training officer there and let them know what we have. Let them know that it's free. Let them know that we want to give, as part of our community, we want to give back to the law enforcement organization, and uh, and we want to have them attend events. So, uh, so make sure that you are contacting uh, the law enforcement organizations within your areas and letting them know. Uh, okay, so you went to the event, 
you shot the rifleman standards. God bless you. And your son and your wife both shot. And uh, at the end of the day, on Sunday after the benediction, you guys loaded up and got in the car. And what did what was the conversation like then? We talked about what a good time we had, what a great weekend it had been. Uh, and my wife turned to me and she said, you know, I really liked that 1022. She was using one of P. Henry's loaner guns. And she said, I really liked that 1022. You think you could find a 1022 for me? And did you guys stop on the way home and get one? Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we actually stopped at a Walmart uh, before we uh, we stopped at a Walmart first thing, and uh, we picked up a uh, 1022. And I ordered some tech sites for her the next day. They're on the gun now, and uh, she's got a good loop swing, and she is ready to go. I actually I was uh, I wasn't feeling well last Saturday. We were actually supposed to go to the range because she uh, she came to me Friday and said, "Can we can we go to the range tomorrow? I, I really need to shoot." She's uh, well, there you go. Very, She's very enthused, and she's looking forward to earning her rifleman, as is Liam. Uh, they both showed a lot of improvement that weekend. And that, I think that's the thing that spurred them on, was, you know, nobody yelled at them for not doing well. Uh, nobody said, wow, you should really be doing better. Everybody said, you know what, you did, you did better than the last target. Or, I see you threw a shot here, and, you know, maybe next time, if you try this, this will probably work. And they, they saw the improvement. And one of the things I found with people who are new at shooting, and they have that teachable attitude, that open mind, is if they have that instant gratification, you know, I, I did this thing and it clicked finally for me in my head. My light bulb went on, and that round went right where I wanted it to. That hole appeared magically in that paper, and I walked down range, and it was even better than I expected it to be. That person's a keeper. They're coming back. Well, if you uh, say that you were going to talk to a uh, a law enforcement organization, and uh, not as a uh, not as a peace officer, but uh, just as a as an apple seeder. I mean, put yourself into that uh, uh, into that perspective, and then and then say, tell me, what would you say? Uh, what would you say to them to get them to come? I would. Uh... In my initial approach, I would let them know that Appleseed is not, you know, something I dreamt up on my own. It's it's a national organization. It, it has some credential to it. It's got some some backing, basically. It's not something we thought up last night, and, and that gives it some credibility to them. So they know you're not some person just walking in off the street. You're representing a, a much larger picture. And I would I would let them know. I would say, hey, you know, uh, you guys have a tough job, and we understand that you have time constraints, training constraints, cost constraints. And we'd like to give you the opportunity to have your people improve their skills and thereby improve public safety. Everybody knows that you guys get into situations, not of your own choosing, that are forced on you sometimes, and that you cannot afford a miss. We would like to take the opportunity, if you let us, to help you ensure that they won't get that miss. That when those officers' lives are at stake, when the lives of the public, small children, you know, people that can't defend themselves, the people that we're out there protecting, when their lives are at stake, we would like to be part of helping you make that happen more safely. And it's not going to cost you anything. It is something that will benefit everyone. And it's a community outreach sort of a thing. Community outreach is very large in law enforcement. And when something is seen as a community outreach program, you know, a partnership with the community, a partnership with the citizen, uh, that's very that's a very popular thing, and it should be because we work 
for the taxpayers. We work for the citizens. And most officers do appreciate that, believe it or not. And most agencies appreciate it when the community says, hey, we would like to do something to help you guys. We would like to do something to take a step to make our community a safer place. And something like Appleseed is a very direct sort of a step. And it would be appreciated. It really would. Well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Listen, guys, if you want to call in, if you have uh, if you have some additional information that you would like to get in on this, we'd love to hear it. Number is 347 347-308-8790. We're speaking with uh, Andy, Ranger 1968, uh, from uh, the uh, from the East Coast there, and he's in law enforcement. We're speaking to him about about his time at the Appleseed and about how we can better engage the law enforcement community and get them uh, to attend events. Like I said, I've done uh, I can't tell you how many uh, law enforcement folks. There's usually one or two at almost every event that I instruct at, and. Uh, and of course, their their attitudes are just as varied as every other American. Just because you're a law enforcement officer, it doesn't make you a uh, a completely different American. You know, it's supposed to obviously you're supposed to be living up to a higher set of standards than the majority of Americans, but it doesn't make you a completely different individual. I've had some folks that were just uh, that were really great in. Uh, uh, in their attitudes, and I've had other folks who, at least at the beginning, were a little bit uh, standoffish because, uh, just like you were saying earlier, as, and we were talking about this, is that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them. They're law enforcement officers. They're supposed to know how to shoot. They don't want you to, they don't want anybody to think that they don't know how to shoot or that, uh, or that they might do poorly in front of other people. And, uh, but by the end of the day, the ice was broken. These guys were great, uh, and I'm not going to talk bad about any uh, any type of any special uh, group of law enforcement. But I think I've I probably had the the most trouble with uh, the uh, like the state police. Uh, those guys, but they're but they're just uh, every time I've dealt with the state police, they've always been very uh, uh, they've been very formal, very. Uh, and I think that's because, but because that's what is expected of them, and so they have to, uh, they have to act in a certain way that's expected of them. But by the end of the day, uh, the ice is broken, and they are just as good to go. They're just as hard charging as any of the rest of the folks. Uh, and lately, I've been instructing a lot of FBI agents, and uh, and those guys are really, uh, I was really surprised. And I guess for about three or four years now, I've been working with the FBI agents shooting, and uh, they have they have all done an excellent job. And they've a lot of them have really surprised me with their philosophies, because they absolutely every one of them has absolutely believed that what Appleseed is doing is the right thing, that what we're doing is right, and uh, and. I've been very happy about that, and of course now I try to invite uh, a lot. Uh, everywhere I go, I try to make sure I invite all of the law enforcement. I try to invite the FBI folks, but usually I just get—I uh, always get handed off to 
the public relations folks. I always ask for a field agent, but I always end up with a public relations person who just cannot figure out what I'm trying to tell them, no matter how I, how I tell them. They cannot figure it out. And uh, <clears throat> But don't let that stop you. Every time you get ready to have an event, make sure that you have that you that you extend the invitation to every law enforcement organization uh, within reach of the place. The start off with the uh, uh, the PD from the city, move out to the county, and then state, and then uh, ask the uh, either the FBI or ask the uh, the investigative bureaus that are there. Uh, if they will, if they want to come, and here in Texas, uh, I ask the uh, the local PD, the uh, the county sheriff's office, the state, the uh, uh, Texas state uh, law enforcement, the Texas Rangers, the FBI. I ask all of them to come, and you're not going to always be successful. Okay, don't think that uh, just because you ask somebody, they're going to come. But make sure you always put the invitation out. Make sure that you're always welcoming them. Uh, all right. Uh, Andy? Yes. You got anything else you'd like to add? Uh, other than one of these times I am going to make Rifleman with the SKS. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you do that, and and I will uh, I will drive out to Florida and buy you a beer because uh, – the, the one thing that, uh, and let me tell you, I'm not trying to, to dog an SKS because uh, I got one myself, and I love it. I got the SKS, and I got a 1,000 rounds of, uh, of good ammunition for it. I love shooting it. And the trigger's not nearly as bad as uh, as some of the other triggers I have, but, oh, my gosh, this thing is a, uh, is a piece of work. But I'll tell you this. You teach yourself to shoot the rifle and standards on an SKS, and I can put... I can put any rifle made in your hands after that, and you will shoot the rifle in standards. Yeah, so. I, I'm with you there. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're great rifles, but the sights are not the best, and the triggers can be a little draggy. One thing I would like to add for uh, the apple seeders out there, for the people that would like to get the, the LE folks in, is don't be discouraged. If the first time you go there, you are maybe put off, maybe blown off even, uh, don't let that discourage you. These people get a lot of approaches for a lot of different things, and sometimes it takes that that contact. You know, and that's that's why I was I was driving up before is an email relationship, actually meeting them once or twice, and before you know it, if you keep plugging away at it, they say, you know, let's give these guys a shot, and that's it. You're in. They're learning things. They're having a good time. Two Sundays from them, you see their family with them at the range. Right. So don't right. don't give up. Uh, don't get discouraged. Keep on it. It's worth doing. You know, most law enforcement officers, contrary to a lot of popular belief, really like the idea of citizens knowing how to shoot. We, we really like that because it, it, it's it's almost a mindset because the people that shoot tend to take care of a lot of other things on their own. They, they, they deal with their own issues. They are a lot more self-sufficient. And we like And they don't usually like accidentally shoot people. No, they don't. They're, they're much safer. And they tend to be nicer folks. I've spent a lot of time on the range, and I, I've met very few people on the range that I didn't like a whole lot. Uh, once you get those law enforcement guys in there, and as you said, Scout, the ice is broken, you know, their egos get hung on the hook, they're having a good time, they're learning things, they'll come back. They'll come back, they'll bring their families, and we'll have that many more solid apple seeders in the program. Right, and they eventually become instructors, a good majority of them. A good majority of my instructors 
are law enforcement guys. And listen, I don't I I try to make it uh try to make it a policy of not breaking the law, but uh uh occasionally I have been stopped. I got stopped uh, last year for uh for the uh registration, the registration tag. Uh my wife had got the registration done, but then she hadn't put it up. She set it up on the dashboard. I'm sure I was supposed to do it, but I didn't know about it. So, anyway, the police stopped me for not having it uh, uh, up on the windshield where it's supposed to be. And uh, he didn't give me a ticket. But at the end of everything, once everything was over, I thanked him for doing his job. And then I invited him to an apple seed. And I and I don't uh, invite him in the beginning to make it seem like I'm trying to get, uh, like I'm trying to bribe him. But I make sure that if any time that I talk to law enforcement for whatever reason, uh, even if I would have been speeding and got a ticket, uh, I would have invited him to come because uh, it's important. So anytime that you have any interaction, and the interaction can be because you walked up to them and talked to them. Don't uh, don't walk up to them out of the blue and bang on their window because uh, yeah, they, uh, don't like that. they don't like that. But, but anytime you have a chance to speak to them, uh, talk to them. Invite them to come. Now, listen, Andy, uh, unless, one last thing, Andy, is that uh, I saw that tech sites were now putting out the uh, – the SKS sites. So I imagine I'm going to grab a, a set of those from my SKS. I, I saw that too. They, uh, I, I have not tried them yet. A few of the members at the SKS boards have them. They seem to like them. And uh, I can tell you that just having that much more site radius obviously is going to help you. And the Aperture site, I think, you know, is a much better setup than Notch. So I'll right. probably be getting a set myself. Right. All right, well, listen, uh, I'm not going to hang up. I'm just going to keep you here, keep your mic open. I'm just going to bring on okay. some additional callers with us. Some folks may want to ask you a question or, or something, and so we'll bring the, some other folks on and uh, and bring them on with us. All right. Uh, area code 207. I believe that's Old Guide. You're on the air, Old Guide. Yep, this is the Old Guide in Maine. Welcome welcome to the show, Old Guide. It's good to speak to you again. How are you doing? Thank you. Good. I lived in Florida. I was stationed in Pensacola for a while, and I... All across the road was a Florida State trooper, and we were talking. He said, "Boy, he was worried because they were going to take him off patrol and put him on a desk job because he couldn't pass the pistol qualification test. He passed it at some point in the past, but he he wasn't able to when he needed to do it. So uh, I said, "Well, let's go out and let's go out in the pit and we'll we'll take you know spend a little time." So we went out there, and he was all over the paper. So I said, talked him through, and I told him, I said, you've got to focus on the front sight. Put the front sight on the target, and you'll hit it. It, it will. I, I took his pistol, and I shot a tight group. He said, how did you do that? I said, you've got to focus on the front sight. Well, he swears nobody ever told him that. Because he went back in the next day, or the, or the Monday, and qualified. The one thing. Well, so and while we were out there, while we were out there in the pit, I told you know this. I said this is dangerous. I said only hits count. I said misses are dangerous. Where is that thing going to go? Just think about right. that. Right, exactly. And so he qualified after that, right? He did. And he came and over so and thanked, thanked me profusely. I was his best buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, we can that we can do like Andy was saying, that we can talk to uh, the departments 
And, you know, if need be, I don't see why, if if there was some reason that the guy didn't want to go and uh, and consort with the public, although I think, I'm with Andy, I think it would be much easier to say, look, guys, uh, at, for this is for the department, would say, look, guys, uh, you all need some work on your rifle marksmanship. Here's an event that's happening here. You guys can go as civilians, have a good time, learn, come back, and we'll check your scores, you know, this next Wednesday or something like that. And let them know that uh, that this isn't a competition. We're not going to be shooting and keeping track of scores and putting pressure. We're just going to have a good time. We're going to teach them the fundamentals. And if that doesn't work, there's the exact opposite, which is saying, look, we we will come to your range and – we will hold an event specifically for your department. We'll, we'll teach your department, and I guarantee you we'll bring your scores up. <clears throat> so either one of those, either one of those ways, will work. I think uh, the main thing you got to do is start talking to them. All right, we got another, uh, we got another caller on the line here. I want to bring on. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Lambert uh, from Texas, who is a law enforcement officer. And uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Lambert. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm just dandy. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm glad uh, you have me on today. In fact, I'm glad I was uh, got off today so I couldn't make the show. <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, well the same thing that I ask everybody else, and I already know this. But I want to hear it. Uh, I want to hear it again, and that's how you found out about the the uh, Appleseed project. <clears throat> well, you know, Appleseed. Uh, well, I guess I heard about it uh, or got interested in it with a a while back. I uh, started getting the shotgun news. Heck, I think it may have been even in the late '90s. It started coming across Fred's articles, and uh, for some reason, I started to read them and couldn't stop. And as time went on, you know, they finally had an apple seed materialize with five years later or so. And um, I think I, m- I missed the first one in Mingus, and we had one, uh, a boot camp there at your place in Davila. So I signed up for that, went out there, and I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, but uh, there's a little bit more to it than that, because way before oh, yeah. <laughs> that we started having apple seeds, you, had, you went to uh, Fred's guy, and you bought all the stuff, and you were shooting, right? Well, well, yeah, you know, back then, Fred wasn't so hard on just Texas. It was all the American males, and, yeah. you know, he would hammer us on these articles. So finally, one day, I said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to buy those uh, targets, and I'm going to take a friend with me to the range. Just like he says, you have to have a witness. I'm going to shoot that minimum score, mail those in, and get my free T-shirt. <laughs> and I I'm going to wrap that <laughs> I'm gonna wrap that target around a rock and throw it through his window. <laughs> you darn right. <laughs> well, I took a friend of mine out to the range and uh I said, Hey, I need you to witness this and like I always say, he certainly witnessed something and it wasn't pretty. I fired until, you know, I was darn near wanting to smash my rifle and I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. And I tried uh, a few more times. I even went on my own said, the heck with the time uh, limits, you know, I just want to try to hit these targets, and it just wasn't happening, and uh, yeah, that's so, you know, I was always interested, and 
even reading the uh, guide. I would read the guide, and I would get into the parts of the NPOA, and I didn't understand it. And I was thinking, well, what the heck is NPOA? Yeah, it's not that important. So I'd go on to the next section. And uh, <laughs> it stayed like that, that for a very long time. <laughs> and then, uh, again, you know, finally we had the uh, boot camp there in Davila. And uh, you were there, JB, all those good folks were there, and they made everything come to life for me. And it was just uh, following the instruction, and there it was. This, you got that magic 210. And here it is later. It's, uh, you're a senior instructor with the program, and uh, and uh, and the best guy I have in Texas, and, uh, and I couldn't be happier. But... <clears throat> But you, even at the time you were shooting, uh, in the beginning, before Appleseed, you were a law enforcement uh, officer at that time. And you, were, you weren't just shooting uh, pistols and stuff. You were actually shooting with rifles, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, in fact, I, for a very long time, I had a uh, – up until recently, unfortunately, I, I had access to pretty much as much ammunition as I wanted. So I, I shot a heck of a lot. And uh, even with all that – Ammunition and time at the range It wasn't happening Right And uh, And I told folks uh, I told folks uh, The The story of you uh, Let's see I think I did earlier Uh, uh, Well Let me just Let me just ask you this When you When you uh, you heard about Appleseed. You went and got the targets. You started shooting, and and finally you came to a boot camp. And you went to the boot camp, and uh, and now uh, and now you're an instructor with the program. But what can we do? What can we do better to engage law enforcement? Because I know that now you're you're an instructor with the program. You and you have daily contact with uh, law enforcement officers and stuff. What is what's stopping us? What's stopping us from getting them to flick on the lights and and come to the pro come to the to an Appleseed weekend? Hmm. You know, I think it's going to be a, a combination of things, and Andy hit some of them there. And one is definitely going to be ego. Most police officers you see out there, they well, everybody thinks they can shoot, and some guys can. They really have their stuff together, but not everybody is a gun person. They may carry a gun every day, but they're not a gun person, and even fewer of them have rifles. And it's expected that they know how to shoot. Well, that they may find out that they don't know how, and then to top it off, a civilian's going to have to teach them how. So I think you really have to come out with an open mind. Also, as we speak right now, there's a whole shift of officers throughout the country who are on duty right now. And they're also going to be on duty this weekend. So most officers, uh, well, yeah, pretty much most of them don't have day shift weekends off. For many years, you know, I've worked through the weekends. My days off were Tuesday, Wednesday. And you're going to have to burn vacation or whatever you have just to get a weekend off for Appleseed. So there are some obstacles there. Uh, I like the idea that Andy was talking about hitting the training people. Uh, You know, I've made that approach before, and it didn't work out so good. But, you know, people move around, so that's something I want to do again. But that would solve the issue with guys not having the weekends off. And, you know, I can't get out to, uh, you know, is it going to be 
cut the family vacation short this year and go to one or two apple seeds or you know get, heck you know I can go to these apple seeds during the week at work you know and that that would be my uh, assignment for the day that might be you know, another get the, option get the training officers to uh to schedule it as a training event right and you know yeah, Cal- and, and, and you know and at least here in Texas I I'm, I'm sure with the other states as well but you know, once the uh, curriculum is turned in and they get certified, the officers w- would get training hours for this. Here in Texas, we have to have 40 training hours a year, and it could be whatever it is law enforcement related. You know, pistol classes, rifle, and you know, investigations, whatever. And you know, you could get in 16 hours just going to an apple seed. That would be great. All right, all right. Well, there's a big plus right now. Let's talk to. Uh... Uh, let's talk to, let's talk about getting, uh, getting the program, getting certificates and getting it, uh, set up so that we can hand law enforcement, uh, or anybody, let's hand them, be able to hand them a certificate saying that they've been through 16 hours of, uh, rifle marksmanship, uh, instruction. And, uh, and that way we can also offer that as part of the incentive when we're asking law enforcement uh, to consider coming to a, a weekend event. Andy, right. I heard you start to say something. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, and I, I think putting the hours on the certificate is an excellent idea. That's something that didn't occur to me. Uh, I know you guys are post out there, Mr. Lambert, in Texas. Uh, yeah, we're uh, what now? Yeah, you, you guys are a post-certification, P-O-S-T. Uh, never you're, heard you're, of that. I know a lot of Western states are that's their standard and certification program. Um, here we have we have our CJSCC here in Florida, but uh, I know that uh, we're the same way as you are. We have 40 hours of continuous education we have to do in whatever law enforcement related area, and one of the things they always look for when they do the audit is, is that an actual number on the certificate for how many hours it was. So that's a good idea. Another thing when you're approaching the training person scout that I would consider doing is making it a two pronged approach and sending an email, sending a letter sending a packet, sending something to the agency chief executive as well, the police chief, the sheriff, the director, whoever that person might be, and maybe putting kind of a bug in their ear. Right, and that was uh, my my initial plan was I I downloaded for Texas, I downloaded uh, all of the addresses for all of the, uh, all the contact information for all of the uh, county sheriffs, and there is a lot of them, and uh, I'm sending it directly to the county sheriff. That's my my first thing, is I want to let him know what I'm asking. Because he's the top guy. He's going to eventually approve or disapprove of whatever is going on. So I wanted to to contact him first, and then at the same time uh, hit the selected training officers and let them know uh, what we have. So now they're both alerted to it, the sheriff and the training officer, uh, or the uh, police chief and the training officer, and... Uh, and then it will it'll be whatever they decide because you're not they'll either do it or they won't so and uh, you definitely need that person on board because they do have the final say so right and I figured that if the, if the sheriff was good to go with it then <laughs> you really yeah. have to figure out if the rest of the guys are good to go either because he'll just say you got to go and uh, yeah sheriff or police chief think it's a good idea it's going to happen right right exactly so. Uh, that's what I would like for the for you folks listening, because promotions 
is one of our it is the most important part of the program keeping it running right now and that is making sure that the folks know about it and we've talked about this uh, I've talked about this over and over and over and the fact is is that there are millions I mean literally millions of people who want to come to an apple seed they just don't know that it exists right now Did, were they to know they would be on the pre-registration site. They'd be over at Eventbrite signing up for it, but they don't know about it. So how are we going to fix that? You know, I, I've told you that the, in the business in the business world, you have what's called uh, an employment. You have what's called frictional unemployment, and that's the fact that there's there are millions of people out there who have the skills and have a desire to have a job, and then there are thousands of companies who need those individuals to be to apply for jobs at their companies but they don't know about each other all right it's not that uh that the jobs aren't there there are a lot of jobs there but they the two need to get put together and it's the same with the apple seed project there are lots of folks literally millions that want to come to an apple seed event but they don't know that it exists if you let them know that it exists if you talk to folks and let them know then they will come all you have to do is get somebody to attend an event. Once they're once they are there on the line, it will sell itself. We've got an excellent program. I mean, absolutely fantastic. It will sell itself. They will they will buy it. But they got to get on the line first. They got to get to the line. They got to know that we exist in order for them to sign up and attend a shoot. So that's the main thing you need to do. And the easiest way to go about that is word of mouth. You guys that are uh, that are the shoot bossers, the instructors, the the folks who uh, are members, when an event is coming up, call the call the call your friends, call your buddies, the folks that know about it. And say, listen, there's one coming up uh, uh, in two weeks. Let's go. Let's you and I go, and and get the folks to come with you. Get them to attend with you. Look at the target first. Target your local uh, law enforcement agencies. Look at the the city that you're in. Uh, talk to them. Now, I've made deals with the the local PD that they can come and shoot at the range anytime they want. Uh, they don't have a good range they can shoot at. Uh, there's one about twice the distance from them is from here, and they got to pay thirty dollars a day to shoot at it. And I told them, I said, you can come here and you can use the range anytime you want free. I would just like for you guys to attend an apple seed event, and uh, and then I go to the county and I offer the same deal to them, and uh, and we have folks that are attending. If I now I saw a guy the other day, a sheriff the other day that was uh, answering a call out here, and I actually stopped and talked to him about the event, and he actually he actually looked it up right there on his computer in the car, and uh, and uh, and he's going to be coming to an event, so. And that's what we want, all right? We want the our local law enforcement, we want them on our side. We want them to to understand what we're doing and to help us with it. And we want them to be able to make the shot, just like uh, Mark was talking about, just like uh, Old Guide was talking about, just like Andy was talking about. <clears throat> when you got a guy shooting a rifle and he's shooting it in in his capacity as a law enforcement agent, you want him to hit the target. Now, anybody that's shooting in a 
in a self-defense situation, you already have the uh, the adrenaline rush. You always you already have the the excitement factor in there. And what you need is the skill level to be able to ride on top of that. The skill level that uh, that means you're comfortable enough with shooting, and your skill is such, to such a degree that even with the adrenaline rush pushed on, you can still shoot safely and correctly. That uh, that you can make sure that you know where those rounds are going because a rifle round is going to go a good distance. If it doesn't hit where you're shooting at, it's going to keep on going till it hits something. You need to make sure that those rounds are hitting where you want them to hit. <clears throat> uh, all right. Did uh, uh, either of you guys have anything else you'd like to uh, to put into the mix? Uh, Scott, I just uh, well, thank you know, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andy. No, that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll wait. Well, Mike, you know, I was going to tell you something on the flip side as well. Well, what Appleseed's done for me, being a police officer, is over the years, you know, uh, you've met one of my buddies, Fig. We've right. worked in some really, really um, different types of places, you know, really rough areas. Right. And after a while, you start to withdraw from people. And before you know it, you are you just have your little core family, but then you have the, and the other only other people around you are other law enforcement officers. And then right. you start to pull away from them, too. And then it's your little core group of officers. And before you know it, for a couple of years, it was seemed like it was just me and Fig against the world. And after a while, I was even beginning to wonder about him. But coming out to Appleseed, I started to listen to the people, talk to the people, and warm up. And it was like I was coming right back into society again and uh, uh, really enjoying time with my uh my neighbors, my fellow citizens, and, you know, not everybody is bad because after a while you get jaded and everybody is suspect and you're you're just constantly watching everybody else. And uh, it, it's been a really nice experience because now I've uh, warmed up to a lot of folks. I have great friends through the program, you, and it's finally like I've come out of this weird little cave I'd been in for so long and, and it's just nice to come out and talk with good people good honest people and it's just really been a joy and I wish more officers would come out and do this as well yeah Mark says that but he still searches our cars and pats us down when he gets oh, here uh, of course you know, well, that's hard to break but <laughs> well, you have to well I, I completely understand what you're saying I, I like I said I've been uh, my I've been friends with law enforcement almost my whole life. My roommates, uh, two of them have been law enforcement, uh, my family members, and they that's exactly uh, our discussions will revolve around that a lot of times. They said, you know, uh, if you're not a police officer, I know you're doing something bad. I just hadn't caught you yet. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how they get to thinking and uh, and and it's not like that. I mean, there's a lot of good no. folks. And one of the places you're going to find some of the best folks in the nation is at an Apple Seed Weekend. Well, Andy, you said you had something, too? I'd, I'd just like to uh what I just heard. You know, I, I've spent a lot of my career working in what we'll call socioeconomically disadvantaged neighborhoods. Yeah. And uh, you start to get that mentality that it's sort of a bunker mentality that you know, most people are bad because that's all you see day after day after day, and you see it every day. 
and you start to withdraw. And even people that you suspect are probably pretty decent, you always look at them with a bit of suspicion because as soon as they find out you're in law enforcement, what you get is a story about a bad experience that they had. And I know that when I arrived at the range and I met uh, Patrick Henry and I met the other guys, and they said, so what do you do? And you always have this moment that you sort of dread, here we go. And I, I said, I'm, I said, I'm a deputy sheriff. And uh, I, I kind of expected the ah, uh, and you always kind of are waiting for that. And, and the, the warmth of the welcome that I received was really, really heartening. And, and it set the tone for the whole weekend for me. And it made me realize that, you know, there's a lot of good folks out there, and they're on our side because they realize that we realize that we do work for them and that we're all striving for the same thing, a better community, a safer world, a place where our kids don't have to be afraid. And it was very nice to be around like-minded people, even if they weren't law enforcement. And that's one of the things that was brought home to me. Well, listen, I want to thank both of you guys for for coming on the show tonight and for doing what you do and and for setting aside the time to speak about it tonight. And I want to thank you uh, I want to thank you for for thinking that this is an important enough thing that you're going to continue your involvement with it. Right, Mark? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Cuz I don't want to be stuck out here doing it without you. Uh, so I appreciate uh, I appreciate that because uh, Appleseed is an all-volunteer uh, organization. Everybody that's doing this is giving up something so that they can do it. They're giving up something so that they can do it. And uh, I want to I want to uh, thank both of you guys for doing it. All right, uh, I'm not going to hang up on you guys. You guys stay on. We'll stay on to the end. We'll take some more calls. But uh, I got another caller uh, who wants to put out some additional information, and uh, that is Auntie Bellum. She wants to talk about a new project that uh, that she's launching with uh, with Appleseed. Auntie Bellum, welcome to the show. Hi, Scout. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure as always. Uh, I hope everything's going well with you. I I miss you and your significant other, and I hope to see you guys again soon. <laughs> You'll have to come up to Indiana this time. I will. I'll Fantastic. come up there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, w- welcome to the show, and let us know what you got, because you got an exciting new uh, uh, program that you guys have been working on. That uh, You guys have actually been working on it for quite a while now, and uh, and you would like to introduce it to the world, and we want to hear about it, so hit it. Yeah. Um, Apple Corps has been launched nationally today. Um, it is our blue hat program, so you'll start to see blue hats kind of spread across the nation. Um, Apple Corps is for all of those volunteers who want to help with promotions and gun shows and range acquisition and working on site at shoots as well, but not as instructors. Registration. Um, RSOs if we need extra hands, scoring AQTs, um, all of the hard work behind the scenes. So uh, all right. we're and, excited. Yeah. And give us a rundown on on, uh, on how this is going to help. Well, it's going to free up our instructors to 
actually get more instructing done. Right now they're spending a lot of time, even when they get to a shoot, getting everything set up, getting the registration set up, getting the T-shirts all out and lined up, and then having to keep an eye behind the line in case somebody were to show up late, um, watching shooters if they're not feeling well, you know, hot weather, cold weather. It's nice to have that extra set of eyes behind the line to watch for those things and free up the instructors to do the instructing. Well, that sounds like a a really great program because <clears throat> there are a lot of folks, and we have them here in Texas. <clears throat> I've got several folks uh, in the same vein who th- they don't want to be instructors. Uh, they want to help, and they're actually doing what you're talking about now. They're actually doing uh, mm-hmm. uh, the admin stuff already, and they they love to do right. that. They love to help. They they're they're at every event. They come. They set up. They even uh, uh, even the, the guy that works with me here, he actually goes. He I don't know how many thousands of dollars he spent, but uh, he goes and he prints up. Uh, uh, I don't know four or five hundred pounds so far of documents that uh, <clears throat> that we that we sit and put together in packets to hand out to the folks. Uh, he does all of the admin stuff, all of the sign in, all the T-shirt work, everything. And he's at every event doing it, and uh, I just think it's a great deal because, like I said, there are a lot of folks that don't want to, they don't want to be instructors. Uh, not that they couldn't be, but the, there's a lot of folks that just don't want to do that. They they, they don't they just they don't feel like that's their thing. Uh, and then there's a lot of folks that are retired that uh, they want to be a part of the program. They want to help, but they don't want to they don't want to be on the line. They don't want to be shooting. Uh, but they want to help, and this is a perfect way for them to do that because once you get them started with the admin stuff and they're doing that, then there are certainly additional duties that you can ask them to help you with, with promotions, with uh, uh, other admin stuff, with uh, helping to keep the books, et cetera, that, that, uh, that everybody needs help with, and uh, this is a great program. So if they want more information about this, who do they talk to? Um, they can talk to me. They can shoot me a PM. Um, I'll certainly help them out. If they want to really get Apple Corps going in their state, bug your state coordinator, send them a PM, tell them to get in contact with me, and we'll get things up and going for them. All right. So if you guys want to find out more about the Apple Corps group, then uh, shoot Antebellum a PM on the forum, and uh, or if you guys can't do that, or if you want to get, uh, if you need some directions or something else, then shoot me a uh, a PM, and I will direct you uh, on how to get in touch with her. Uh, Antebellum, thank you for doing this, and uh, and I want to thank the folks who've called tonight, Andy, Mr. Lambert. Uh, thank you guys, old guide. Thank you, and especially Sam D. Thank you. Sam doesn't, he's not been talking a lot lately, but I tell you what, he's, it's a great help for what he is doing because he's talking to all the folks on the phone because now uh, we actually have this software set up now where he talks to everybody on the phone if they want to talk or if they don't want to talk, and then, uh, and then he types all that information in so that uh, I can actually see who's on the phone and what they want, what they want to talk about, et cetera. 
So, Sam, uh, I'm going to open Sam I'm here. I I okay, good. Well, you may go off then because I clicked on it too. Well, uh, Sam, thank you very much for what you're doing. Uh, Mr. Lambert, Andy, thank you. Andy Bellum, thank you. Guys, listen, next uh, on the uh, on the 10th, we're going to have the uh, Judy Rhodes from the Diva Wow organization on. She's going to be on to, be, to talk about her organization and about their involvement with, uh, with Appleseed. So be sure to put that on your calendar. We'll be here uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Thank you, everybody. God bless everybody, and good night. Andy, thank you. Mark, thanks. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. And uh, if there's ever anything I can do, if you ever come up with any uh, more ideas or anything about uh, about better ways to uh, for us to to implement this. Be sure and shoot me a PM. You got my phone number too. Anytime you need anything at all, just give me a call. Hey, I appreciate it, Mike. All right. Take care, guys. Sam, once again, thank you, sir. Anytime, Scott. Glad to see you. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Night.